0: the Bible Study Podcast, episode 755. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Amos with chapter six. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Chapter six is going to talk about complacency. Woe to the complacent. Amos six. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come. Go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to great Hamath, and then go down to Gath in Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the day of disaster, and bring near a reign of terror, You lie on beds adorned with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowl full and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. So through the prophet... God is talking to the people of Israel about their complacency. They're talking about how they're just kind of satisfied with the way things have always been and the way things are going. And they're feeling that things have always been good. They'll always be good. And it's very easy to get complacent. It's very easy to get used to things. And we can get used to things even if they're terrible things. Even if things around us have gotten bad, we can get used to them. We can get complacent. And that's what's going on here. And it says, woe to you who are complacent in Zion, who you feel secure. So you're feeling like we've never, you know, we've never been taken in bondage before. We've never been in exile before. We've never been taken, you know, conquered by the Syrians before. So it'll probably be okay. And God tells them to go look at some places, go to, Kalna and look at it, go to great Hamath then go down to Gath and Philistia. Are you better off than those two kingdoms? And he's talking about places that have been conquered and they've been conquered relatively recently, recently enough that these people would know about them. So Kalna was in the territory of Babylon, and it was taken and destroyed by some king of Syria not long before this. And then Hamath was conquered by Jeroboam, in, mentioned in Second Kings in chapter 14, and by the Assyrians in Second Kings in chapter 19. And then also Gath was taken by King Uzziah, and Amos is a contemporary of Uzziah. And so he's talking about these places that they would remember have been conquered. And so he would, you know, if we were saying this today, we would mention things that happened in Syria or, you know, places that were destroyed in that people would recognize. We wouldn't even go back, you know, all the way to the Second World War. We'd go back to something that has happened recently. And he's saying, are you better off than those people? Is their land larger than you? You know, is there any reason (laughs) that you should expect that you're going to be fine, and you're going to be fine forever. He says, you're just putting off this day of disaster. And then he talks about their lives. Their lives sound pretty good. They've got beds adorned with ivory. They lounge on their couches. They dine on choice lambs. They eat the fatted calves. They strum their harps like David. They're improvising. They're playing jazz, apparently, on musical instruments. They're drinking wine by the bowlful. Wow, okay, F- using the finest lotions but you don't grieve over the ruin of Joseph. You don't grieve over what has happened to the people of God. And therefore, you're first. Not just are you going into exile, you're going to exile first. And you're lounging and you're feasting, they're going to end. It is easy for us to get complacent. It's easy for us to live the way we've always lived. It's easy for us to expect that things will go on the way they've always gone on. And to not pay attention to what god is doing which is what's going on here in israel but also to just get used to living with injustice remember all the chapter the previous chapter that was talking about injustice to just expect that things will always be the same and that there will never be reckoning and god is saying that is not the way things work then it says the lord abhors the pride of israel the sovereign lord has sworn by himself the lord god almighty declares i abhor the pride Of Jacob and detest his fortresses, I will deliver up the city and everything in it. If ten people are left in one house, they too will die. And if the relative who comes to carry the bodies out of the house to burn them asks anyone who might be hiding there, Is anyone else with you? and he says no, then he will have to go and say, Hush, we must not mention the name of the Lord. For the Lord has given the command, He will smash the great house into pieces and the small house into bits. Do horses run on rocky crags? Does one plow the sea with oxen? Do you have to turn justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness? You who rejoice in the conquest of Lo-Dabar and say, did we not take Carniam by our own strength? For the Lord God Almighty declares, I will stir up a nation against you, Israel, that will oppress you all the way from Lebo-Hamath to the valley of Arabah, so God is talking about their complacency at first, and now he's talking about their pride and their pride not just because they're complacent that things are going on like they are forever, but that they're they're proud that everything they think they have they think they've earned and they think they deserve and so God says, "I'm going to take this away, right remember that they have been unfaithful to him, and so I 'm going to deliver up the city and everything in it." And, you know, talks about people going into houses. Is there anybody else who might be hiding there? Hush, don't mention the name of the Lord. I mean, this is going to be terrible. Again, this whole chapter, this whole book is talking about the terrible things that will come. Smashing the great houses, smashing the little houses. Do horses run on rocky crags? No, they do not. Does one plow the sea with oxen? No, one does not. (laughs) Although one wonders why we're asking these questions. But you have turned justice into poison and the fruit of righteousness into bitterness. You've done the wrong things with the wrong things, right? It's just it makes as much sense to turn righteousness into bitterness to turn justice into poison than it does to plow the sea. You're you're, you're getting things wrong. You're just not doing the right stuff, as we talked about in the last chapter. You who rejoice in the conquest of Lodabar, which means nothing, and say, did we not take Karnaim, which is horns, but there are two towns taken by Jeroboam II. And the fact that I have to explain this to you means they're probably not that important. They're not really big towns. They're not really major towns. I may be a student of history, but I certainly had to Google this because they're not places that I would know. It's not like for the rest of time people talked about, oh, we remember Lodabar. You know, that was a place. And oh, can you imagine the stories that were told of the conquest of Lodabar? It's like, no, we, we don't remember it. It wasn't significant. And yet they're boasting of it. And he's saying, for the Lord declares, I will stir up the nations against you. I oppress you all the way from Labo Hamath in the valley of Arabah. So basically you've you've got all this pride because you've had some success. But you don't understand that, you know, pride comes before a fall first, but also you don't understand that when you had this success, you've had this success because God has been for you. And guess what? You've screwed that up, and God is no longer for you. And if God is against you, then that's bad news. And so really, again, yet another message here, trying to get them the idea in their heads to turn around, to change their ways, and don't make God be against you because otherwise things are not going to be good. With those cheery words, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at com. and thanks so much for listening.